Chapter Five of the World I Live In. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The World I Live In by Helen Keller. Chapter Five: The Finer Vibrations. I have spoken of the numerous jars and jolts which daily minister to my faculties. The loftier and grander vibrations which appeal to my emotions are varied and abundant. I listen with awe to the roll of the thunder and the muffled avalanche of sound when the sea flings itself upon the shore, and I love the instrument by which all the diapasons of the ocean are caught and released in surging floods, the many-voiced organ. If music could be seen, I could point where the organ notes go, as they rise and fall, climb up and up, rock and sway, now loud and deep, now high and stormy anon soft and solemn, with lighter vibrations interspersed between and running across them. I should say that organ music feels to an ecstasy the act of feeling. There is tangible delight in other instruments, too. The violin seems beautifully alive as it responds to the lightest wish of the master. The distinction between its notes is more delicate than between the notes of the piano. I enjoy the music of the piano most when I touch the instrument. If I keep my hand on the piano case, I detect tiny quavers, returns of melody, and the hush that follows. This explains to me how sound can die away to the listening ear. How thin and clear, and thinner, clearer, farther going, oh sweet and far from cliff and scar, the horns of Elfland faintly blowing. I am able to follow the dominant spirit and mood of the music. I catch the joyous dance as it bounds over the keys, the slow dirge, the reverie. I thrill to the fiery sweep of notes crossed by thunderous tones in the Valkyrie, where Wotan kindles the dread flames that guard the sleeping Brunhild. How wonderful is the instrument on which a great musician sings with his hands! I have never succeeded in distinguishing one composition from another. I think this is impossible, but the concentration and strain upon my attention would be so great that I doubt if the pleasure derived would be commensurate to the effort. Nor can I distinguish easily a tune that is sung, but by placing my hand on another's throat and cheek I enjoy the changes of the voice. I know when it is low or high, clear or muffled, sad or cheery. The thin, quavering sensation of an old voice differs in my touch from the sensation of a young voice. A southerner's drawl is quite unlike the Yankee twang. Sometimes the flow and ebb of a voice is so enchanting that my fingers quiver with exquisite pleasure, even if I do not understand a word that is spoken. On the other hand, I am exceedingly sensitive to the harshness of noises like grinding, scraping, and the hoarse creak of rusty locks. Fog whistles are my vibratory nightmares. I have stood near a bridge in process of construction, and felt the tactual din, the rattle of heavy masses of stone, the roll of loosened earth, the rumble of engines, the dumping of dirt cars, the triple blows of Vulcan hammers. I can also smell the fire-pots, the tar and cement. So I have a vivid idea of mighty labors in steel and stone and I believe that I am acquainted with all the fiendish noises which can be made by man or machinery. The whack of heavy falling bodies, the sudden shivering splinter of chopped logs, the crystal shatter of pounded ice, the crash of a tree hurled to the earth by a hurricane, 
the irrational, persistent chaos of noise made by switching freight trains, the explosion of gas, the blasting of stone, and the terrific grinding of rock upon rock which precedes the collapse. All these have been in my touch experience, and contribute to my idea of bedlam, of a battle, a waterspout, an earthquake, and other enormous accumulations of sound. Touch brings me into contact with the traffic and manifold activity of the city. Besides the bustles and crowding of people and the nondescript grating and electric howling of street cars, I am conscious of exhalations from many different kinds of shops, from automobiles, drays, horses, fruit stands, and many varieties of smoke. Odors strange and musty, the air sharp and dusty, with lime and with sand that no one can stand make the street impassable, the people irascible, until everyone cries as he trembling goes, with the sight of his eyes and the scent of his nose, quite stopped, or at least much diminished. Gracious, when will the city be finished? The city is interesting, but the tactual silence of the country is always most welcome after the din of town and the irritating concussions of the train. How noiseless and undisturbing are the demolition, the repairs, and the alterations of nature. With no sound of hammer or saw or stone severed from stone, but a music of rustles and ripe thumps on the grass, come the fluttering leaves and mellow fruits which the wind tumbles all day from the branches. Silently all droops, all withers, all is poured back into the earth that it may recreate. All sleeps while the busy architects of day and night ply their silent work elsewhere. The same serenity reigns when all at once the soil yields up a newly wrought creation. Softly the ocean of grass, moss, and flowers rolls surge upon surge across the earth. Curtains of foliage drape the bare branches. Great trees make ready in their sturdy hearts to receive again birds which occupy their spacious chambers to the south and west. Nay, there is no place so lowly that it may not lodge some happy creature. The meadow brook undoes its icy fetters with rippling notes, gurgles, and runs free. And all this is wrought in less than two months to the music of nature's orchestra in the midst of balmy incense. The thousand soft voices of the earth have truly found their way to me. The small rustle and tufts of grass, the silky swish of leaves, the buzz of insects, the hum of bees and blossoms I have plucked, the flutter of a bird's wings after his bath, and the slender rippling vibration of water running over pebbles. Once having been felt, these loved voices rustle, buzz, hum, flutter and ripple in my thought forever, an undying part of happy memories. Between my experience and the experiences of others, there is no gulf of mute space which I may not bridge. For I have endlessly varied, instructive contacts with all the world, with life, with the atmosphere whose radiant activity it folds us all. The thrilling energy of the all-encasing air is warm and rapturous. Heat waves and sound waves play upon my face in infinite variety and combination, until I am able to surmise what must be the myriad sounds that my senseless ears have not heard. The air varies in different regions, at different seasons of the year, and even different hours of the day. The odorous, fresh sea breezes are distinct from the fitful breezes along river banks, which are humid and freighted with inland smells. 
the bracing light dry air of the mountains can never be mistaken for the pungent salt air of the ocean the air of winter is dense hard compressed in the spring it has new vitality it is light mobile and laden with a thousand palpitating odors from earth grass and sprouting leaves the air of midsummer is dense saturated or dry and burning as if it came from a furnace when a cool breeze brushes the sultry stillness it brings fewer odors than in may and frequently the odor of a coming tempest the avalanche of coolness which sweeps through the low-hanging air bears little resemblance to the stinging coolness of winter the rain of winter is raw without odor and dismal the rain of spring is brisk fragrant charged with life-giving warmth i welcome it delightedly as it visits the earth enriches the streams waters the hills abundantly makes the furrow soft with showers for the seed elicits a perfume which i cannot breathe deep enough spring rain is beautiful impartial lovable with pearly drops it washes every leaf on tree and bush ministers equally to salutary herbs and noxious growths searches out every living thing that needs its beneficence the senses assist and reinforce each other to such an extent that i am not sure whether touch or smell tells me the most about the world everywhere the river of touch is joined by the brooks of odor perception each season has its distinctive odors the spring is earthy and full of sap. July is rich with the odor of ripening grain and hay. As the season advances, a crisp, dry, mature odor predominates, and goldenrod, tansy, and everlastings mark the onward march of the year. In autumn, soft, alluring scents fill the air, floating from thicket, grass, flower, and tree, and they tell me of time and change, of death and life's renewal desire and its fulfillment. End of chapter 5